Welcome again to Kicking and Screaming Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Vanessa Gritton. With me is your other host. I'm Elijah Taylor. And you're telling no lies about karate today. I'm very proud of you. I learned my lesson. (laughs) I don't do karate. If this is your first time listening in, um, Elijah does many martial arts. He lied about doing karate last time, not knowing that our guest did karate. Uh, And joining us today... Very excited to have you on. I feel like we've interacted on Twitter a bunch, but this is like our first time interacting as humans. He is a writer and cartoonist in New York and the editor-in-chief at the Daily Grindhouse, John Abrams. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Really excited about this. (laughs) We're excited, too. Yeah, thank you. I cannot think of a more perfect... uh, I I can't think of a more perfect, like, double-genre podcast... uh, for yeah. someone at Daily Grindhouse than yes. a horror and martial arts movie? It's Yeah, it's just like, I mean, that's all we write about and think about. I mean, if you throw in a little bit of, uh, I guess there's a little bit of like Cinemax sleaze and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Right, right. A little <laughs> bit of the exploitation we do, there. We do, which... Yeah, we do a little, yeah, and monster movies. Like that's a big kind of focus of my life is uh, kaiju, you know, giant monsters oh, of any yes. sort. Us, Godzilla, us King Kong. Big time. Mr. Stay Puff, just anything that's a giant monster, <laughs> like that's a big, big deal. But yeah, I was telling you guys right Clifford before the we started. <laughs> he's, I wonder if he counts. I wonder, like, he's got to, right? He has to. I feel like he's big enough to be a kaiju. Yeah, yeah definitely. And he's he's friendly, but you know, uh, Mothra is friendly, so I guess he. Yeah. So that works, but no. I, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Clifford is a kaiju. <laughs> Clifford is a You're kaiju. Saying- I've already I've already proved the uh, Mr. Stay Puff thing like mm-hmm. beyond a shadow of a doubt. The question though is is the Statue of Liberty a mecca? But we can oh yeah because Ghostbusters too you know yeah so, you know, that's actually one to think about. That's one yeah. that I'm gonna like sit long and like have my little Charlie Red String yeah. moment about. <laughs> I, I feel like you just. Like cut together clips of the Statue of Liberty and Stay Puffed, and you mm-hmm. just put the the Neon Genesis Evangelion intro before it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it'll, it'll exactly. read seamlessly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I I just wanted to say like before we get any further, like the 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 title of the podcast, Kicking and Screaming, is just like aces. Um, just uh, yes. I didn't even realize. Like at first, I was like, oh, that's a good name, and then like I thought about it over the week, and I was like. That's even more perfect than I initially realized. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's a uh, grower. Yeah. I, I love so. to hear it. <laughs> we, uh, we got the name. We worked backwards. I feel like I say it every episode perfect. and it's, it's yeah. absolutely true. We were standing well, in line at Trader Joe's like, oh, that'd be a cool name for a podcast. What would it be about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you got, I mean, seriously, like the title is the hardest part always. So yeah. Yeah. Also Daily Grindhouse. Great yeah. title. Yeah. Great title. Yeah. 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 That's, I, I can't take credit, but, um, I kind of, uh, I inherited it, but it's, uh, it's super solid. So. Yeah. I'm a fan. Well, getting right into the first movie, I want to say thank you for picking this because <laughs> I feel like before we even tell you what the second feature, before we tell you what the first or second feature is, um, this is a double feature that was a fun one for me because it made me rediscover two movies that I really loved, but I didn't get to examine how much I loved them. And it was entirely kicked off by your pick, which I hadn't even thought about 
four years and deserves a second look. So yeah. why don't you tell us what movie you picked? Okay, so, well, I wanted to do the, you know, the thing like editor-in-chief of Daily Grindhouse. Let me mm-hmm. think of something like cool and obscure that nobody's ever heard of, starring nobody, you know, you've ever heard of. And, you know, maybe it's like a Lost Shaw Brothers movie or something like that. I wanted to do that. But then I kind of thought, um, there's a movie that, um, I think it's like right outside the periphery. I think obviously like you guys know that it exists and I know that it yeah. exists and a lot of people do, and it pops up on the streaming services sometimes, but I think people might overlook it. And I think it absolutely, um, especially considering the talent involved, like really deserves like a, a reconsideration. And I think we're like, we're a couple inches away from that actually happening in our, like, you so. know, or film culture. So without yeah. further ado, um I, I picked Man of Tai Chi from uh, 2013. Um, it's uh, written by Michael G. Cooney and uh, directed by Keanu Reeves. Uh, co-starring yes. Keanu Reeves as Donaka Mark, the, uh, the, the villain of the film. Um, the star of the film is, is Tiger Chen. Mm-hmm. We love Tiger. We're a Tiger Chen household. Yeah, we are. This, um, a shame to say, like, this is, you know, one of my earlier exposures to him um, back there in, in 2013. But I saw this movie back then, and um, uh, I, we can talk about it later. But the, the movie that you guys chose, what's amazing about my pick and you guys' pick is, like, I went back and I looked at my um, top tens from 2013, which was a really strong year for movies, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. They're both uh, on 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 my uh, best of list, both of these movies. Yeah! So, yeah. That's so, so like, good. Already, like, <laughs> um, but yeah, this movie, I think, um, for a lot of reasons, um, is, is something that's worth another look. I mean, it's just, it's top shelf talent, like in front of and uh, behind the camera. Um, Elliot Davis is a cinematographer. He shot out of sight. Like he worked with Soderbergh for years. Like he, oh, wow. I mean, it's just like, uh, it's, it's a well shot movie. It, it really is. And I, I actually, I'm, I'm so glad that you picked this because, uh, you yeah. know, Vanessa said it was kind of like rediscovering, yeah. uh, films that, uh, both of us, I think had the same experience. It was like remembering that I loved both of these movies. Cause I hadn't watched yeah. either in a little while. But Man of Tai Chi, I really do think that it is is underrated, and I think it had the kind of misfortune of coming out like a year before everyone realized that Keanu Reeves is an action star. Before his renaissance. Yeah, right. because he, he had done right. The Matrix, and he had done Point Break, and yes. it was like basically two decades in a row he was in like an iconic, like an iconic action role that sort of shaped, you know, Hollywood action for, you know, for years. But we still didn't see him that way. It's like, yeah, yeah, he's like, you know, kind right. of like a like a pretty boy, I guess. I, you know, right. but so I, I remember when I yeah. watched Man of Tai Chi, I kind of like laughed at the idea of him being like the big bad in a in a martial arts film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, wait, Keanu? I did too. We all did. We were wrong. He's, yeah, I was yeah, like, he's he's yeah. not a martial arts guy. And then a year later, yeah. John Wick comes out, and everyone's like, oh, Keanu's a martial arts guy. And that's you know that's when yeah. you kind of realize like, no, he takes it seriously he's been training he, he oh, does yeah. judo he does brazilian jiu-jitsu like he's for real like he's he's a stunt guy and like a, a fight guy at this point yeah but yeah at, at the time it came out i like i watched it and i was like yeah yeah but keanu and kind of like turned my nose up at it 
and rewatching yeah. it now, I'm like, this movie fucking rules. <laughs> yeah, it really does. It really does, like top to bottom. Like it's just, um, I, I guess Tiger would work with him on the Matrix, like training him. Mm. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. Just in general, like an, an American movie star, uh, it, it, you know, who ends up in action movies has a level of training, um, you know, and like it, like his career, Keanu, it's just like totally. Uh, instructive of that like he um I, well I want to talk about my relationship with Keanu a little bit <laughs> please please because like I, well the first movie I saw him in actually before I get into the obvious one was the night before I don't I don't even know the title no, no. What, is, what is the night before I'm a little I'm a little older than than you guys I guess <laughs> Um, cause this used to be on, on HBO when I grew up, like it was like, you know, after school you get home, you watch, uh, you know, after He-Man and different strokes is over, you know, you watch like what's on HBO. And this is like a movie that was always on there and it's like Keanu and he plays like the nerd who like gets mm-hmm. a date with the popular girl mm-hmm. who's played by Lori Laughlin, who was like, oh. you know, incredible crush object yeah. of the eighties. Now, obviously mm-hmm. known for different things. The director yeah. of that movie, this is a movie that, yeah. Tom Eberhardt made after Night of the Comet, um, and it's oh, like she what? like the, he he loses, yeah yeah he but it's not like a genre movie like it's like a kind of I was gonna after, ask like, after hours for teenagers yeah it's not like it's not a Night of the Comet type of thing it's like mm-hmm. Keanu loses uh, his date it, like he has to like find her in the city she's like wrapped up like a, a pimp grabs her or something and uh, you know he's. <laughs> Keanu's got to like save her. It's like one of those things. That was that was yeah. such a that was such a curveball from like yeah he's the nerd who ends up with the popular girl. Can't buy me love. Yeah, I was I was not ready for it to be. She's kidnapped by a pimp. It's like it's like yeah it's like After Hours meets like uh, what's it called Tom Cruise uh, Strictly Business Risky Business Risky Business. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Honestly, what I'm thinking of the Halle Berry one. Um, yeah. <laughs> but um, but but yeah, that was like the first place I saw him, and uh, you know, so like that's kind of how I pegged him. And then obviously, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was my first exposure yeah. for sure. Was Bill yeah. and Ted? Like, and I loved him, and I loved Alex Winter, right? And yeah, then yeah. I f- and then I forgot that I love Keanu because like <laughs> because of my stupid like strict you know, suburban, like, hetero kind of mindset, then you have to be mm-hmm. like, ugh, he sucks, like, because all the girls, you know, then he becomes the heartthrob, and he's in speed, and, you know, he becomes a huge star, and I kind of have to, you know, like, pretend that that he isn't awesome for a couple no, of years. No, exactly. Which I understand. As a young woman that grew up in the early 2000s, we had to do that with Megan Fox. Oh, it's the worst, <laughs> yeah, right? And, like, now, now I'm, like, comfortable enough that I could be like, look, he's a beautiful guy. Like, yeah, that's like actually that's like my metric of like what makes a male movie star. Like if 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 women or guy or whoever are like, wow, he's so beautiful, and and I'm like, no, you know, I get it. Okay, I get it. Yeah. Like that's a movie <laughs> like he, star. he is. He's beautiful. If if, no, if, I, when, if if people are like like Justin Timberlake is not a movie star because like when people are like he's beautiful and I'm like, eh, I don't get it. But <laughs> but Keanu has that face. He has that face that you can pick really out of a crowd does. and be like, "That's the prettiest person in that crowd." And he he has He's a sort just, of yeah. he he has this charisma because mm-hmm. I I feel like it's 
pretty like commonly agreed upon that he's not necessarily an incredible actor. Like his line reads are are often <laughs> the subject of ridicule, and it's like, oh, haha, it's it's funny the way he delivers that. He's not a good actor, but we all love him. And every time he's on yeah. screen, I'm like, I'm happy and I'm in it. No matter like what he's doing or saying, even if it's like very hammy and he's like mm. chewing up the scenery. It's not even quite like the Nicolas Cage effect where you're like, oh, haha, it's like we're, he's in on the joke. We're yeah. all like laughing at how unhinged he is. It's like he'll deliver a line that is inorganic and unnatural. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. It's sincere. I love you. <laughs> like, when he does it, there's exactly, a sincerity with it. Exactly. There's 100% sincere. Like that's like his greatest. And that's like what I look for in like all art and, and, mm-hmm. and like – you know, that's like Daily Grindhouse. Like we love stuff, like even if it's kind of quote unquote crap, if there's sincerity behind it, like yes. that is so valuable. <laughs> and Keanu is like so that. And the other thing is like he's definitely smarter than, you know, they always say it takes like brains to play dumb. And yeah, like him and Alex Winter yeah. and those Bill and Ted movies are so good at playing dumb. And like obviously he's not uh, Ted Theodore Logan in real life. Right. Like, um, he's a thoughtful guy with like a lot of interests and clearly he can make a fucking awesome movie. I don't know about your rules about, uh, profanity on this podcast and I apologize. Oh, you can cuss as much as you want to say fuck all the time. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like, like part of like me, cho- me choosing this movie is like a big public, like apology to Keanu for those like <laughs> two or three years when I was like, Oh, he sucks or whatever, dude, you know, whatever. Yeah. We, um, we all were just, though. Yeah. Yeah. That was everyone. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think like it's all like all we should. I feel like we've all kind of collectively been doing that, especially mm-hmm. on the Internet over the last few years. Like um, and especially with the arrival of the John Wick movies, like we can all agree now that he's awesome. But it took a while and it, you know, just needs to be stated. And, um, you know, I just think like this and this movie in particular happened, like you guys said, like right before the kind of John Wick movies happened. And I actually think this movie is like instrumental in those movies happening. Mm-hmm. So like, that's why I think like, it's kind of just outside of people looking at it. But um, I think once people go back and look at it a little more, they'll be like, Oh my gosh, this is, yeah, this is. No, I, this I is totally great. agree. <laughs> yeah. I had that experience too, where I was watching Man of Tai Chi and I was like, I realized when I initially watched Man of Tai Chi, I was doing that thing before we all realized we were wrong about Keanu Reeves. And I was just like, Oh, okay. Like, you know, I, I didn't have that serious seriousness with it. Yeah. And then now having seen him do John Wick and doing that double back, I was like, no, this is this is in his wheelhouse. This is absolutely mm-hmm. he's he's having the time of his life life and like selling the villain character with a genuine earnestness that I really yeah. love. And I, a friend of mine pointed it out to me um, and site tangent. It is not a secret on this podcast um, that I for some reason watched the matrix way too late in my life, despite being a huge Wachowski fan. Like I am a massive, like bound speed racer. You name it. Like I'm a huge Wachowski fan. The idea that the matrix is the last Wachowski's film that you saw is hilarious to me that that you would have watched all of their other films. I've watched getting to the matrix. Every Wachowski sister film. And the last one I saw was the matrix. And I, but thankfully like the first time I saw it, I went to go see it like, in a theater for a rescreening, mm-hmm. so it was like remastered and gorgeous. Yeah. Best way to see it for the first time. I loved it. But afterwards, uh, I was talking to a friend of mine. Uh, shout out to Olivia, and <laughs> she was like, 
the thing that makes you realize why Keanu gets to be in these roles and like sell these things and it's like earnest and sincere is think of literally any actor, any other actor in the Matrix as the lead saying the line, yeah. I know Kung Fu, yeah. question mark, and yeah. you not wanting to punch him, but you instead <laughs> believing him and that's Keanu. Yo, yeah. it's true. And it's a, it's an inherently funny line. And even like his read of it, it's like you do kind of chuckle, <laughs> but you're not like, you're not like, oh, shut up. You're, you're like, yeah, like, you know Kung Fu. He's like, yeah. I know Kung Fu. And you're like, okay. Yeah. And I, I love like, that. Yeah, no, he's like, he, there's something kind of every man about him, even though he is mm-hmm. kind of this, like, yeah. you know, you wish, you know. <laughs> and I, I I appreciate, by the way, that we are, we are three people who are not too proud to admit, like, yeah, no, we weren't on the Keanu train until, you know, recently and have retroactively been like, oh, man, we, we were not being well, fair about no. this this dude I do, rules i do want to in my defense like i got over it fat like first right. of all i i you thought had the little curve i thought speed was great but i just like publicly kind of like when i was in high school i had to be like the girls like oh keanu and i had to be like oh he sucks whatever but like <laughs> but i went to see the speed and i thought it was great and um nice, nice and i saw the matrix like in the theaters and i like by then yeah, i was same. in college and i was comfortable enough with myself to be like yeah, he's great. And I, you know, I saw, I saw all those theatrically. I saw Constantine theatrically. I even saw Street Kings theatrically. I don't think that really? movie, nice. I don't nice. think that movie really works, but I love that he tried it, you know? Um, yeah. And I, <laughs> I, um, but he, yeah, he's just like, um, and like you guys said, there's like an earnestness to him. And I think it really works with the, um, I know we're bouncing around a little, like it bounce, it, it works in this movie because even though he's playing a villain and I think he's playing it well, there's a sense that like, there's a sense with Keanu that like, there's some actors where you're kind of, you get lost in the character they're playing. Mm-hmm. When you watch Keanu, you're kind of like, that's Keanu. And like, he's doing a good job playing that character or whatever you think of how he's doing, <laughs> but you still see the Keanu of it. And, yeah. and, and like, I think we know enough about, we don't know much about his life, but I think, like it's pretty generally acknowledged that he's like a good person in real life. And yeah, even when yeah. you watch a movie like this, where he's playing a pretty evil character, you're still kind of like, that's Keanu playing an evil character. And, and, and it doesn't take you out of it. You're kind of like, Oh, it's, I'm glad he's getting to have that fun. You know, I'm glad he's, he's getting having fun. Yeah. But he's, I actually think he's like good in this role. I don't mean to take away from it, but I, I don't, I don't watch this movie and I want to see like Donaka Mark, like, horrifically murdered like some other you know like right like, right. like hans group like, even though like i love alan rickman i don't watch like i watch die hard and i want bruce willis to like destroy alan rickman because he's inhabiting that villain so well but yeah. like in this movie i don't really want to see like because it's uh, it's keanu you know and like it's still keanu yeah, yeah. and i really think it's, that's a, yeah sorry you go ahead oh, no, no no i was just gonna say it's it's interesting uh hearing that point because I think it kind of contextualizes uh, this feeling that I had that I couldn't quite place, which Mm -hmm. was that the villain, uh, Danaka Mark, is kind of intrinsically fascinating to me because he's sort of just like this very, uh, essentially one note, like eccentric billionaire. You know, he's like, I make people fight for money for other eccentric billionaires. (laughs) I run this shady underground fighting operation. 
I like to watch people kill each other for sport. And like, that's, that's how I get my kicks. You know, I'm rich and people's yeah. lives are nothing to me. And that's a very, uh, like archetypal villain. You know, we've seen yeah. that kind of guy before that hunts people for sport mm-hmm. or, you know, forces. Your battle royales, your gants. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And so it's not, you know, there's nothing necessarily unique about this character, but I, I was telling Vanessa in the final kind of, uh, climactic fight, it's like he you know, he fights Tiger Chen and the idea that the the weird eccentric billionaire who's running this operation and kind of bankrolling it is also as good at martial arts yeah. as anyone in the fighting <laughs> tournament. Yeah. I yeah, was yeah. like, what the fuck is this guy's deal? <laughs> like, what, right. what is his backstory? And I was genuinely yeah. like, I would watch a whole movie that's just like explaining how he got to where he is. Same. And right. Vanessa yeah. even sort of jokingly yeah. was like, my headcanon is that he was the previous tournament champion mm-hmm. and then killed the guy who actually started it and took his and identity. Took <laughs> you know, he's actually a <laughs> fighter who like made it out. And just yes. the fact that this very like this very one note villain, we're like creating fan fiction for him as we watch it, essentially. And I, yeah. I couldn't really place why, but I think you're right. It's because <laughs> it's Keanu. <laughs> And Keanu just has this charisma that makes you kind of want to root for him. Even when he's irredeemably evil, you're like, but there must be a second thing. There must be something going on here. Like, even rewatching this movie for the podcast, I was, like, watching the character, and I'm kind of like, why does he do that? Like, I know there's money, but, like, he doesn't seem to be enjoying it at all. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's that's what Keanu brings. Like, well, Keanu enjoys, like, you know, like, even though he's not – that's not what he's playing. There's something about his essence that like pers- portrays like that he's that's what he enjoy like like I don't I don't even know if I'm making any sense, but that's uh, I think it's <laughs> no, something I that, completely like, get that. Like it translates into the John Wick movies because these are three mm-hmm. movies full of like one man slaughtering hundreds of human beings. <laughs> and it always like there's always every time I even I love action movies and exploitation but I still always think there's a part of me that's that's like, oh, well, is there something wrong with me enjoying watching people getting killed so much? So I wouldn't like that in real life. Right. And and I never think that when I'm watching the John Wick movies. And it's because of the thing that we're talking about. Like it's even though I completely believe that everybody on screen is like doing what they're doing, like they're like awesome fights and everything. They're carrying it off brilliantly and the stunt work is brilliant and um there's still like a sense of like what i get from those john wick movies it's like it's almost like we're playing dress up like um and that's what keanu brings to it Mm -hmm. like we're like that's i don't feel guilty about watching the john wick movies in any way because it's like even though like john wick is playing like a merciless killer uh, keanu's playing john wick who's a merciless killer and but i don't um it's still again like I, I see I see two things I see the John Wick character and I see Keanu playing John Wick and I know that deep down like like Keanu wouldn't do that Keanu wouldn't right. kill yeah. hundreds of people but he wouldn't like, be Baba Yaga yeah, but he's having like, fun he, being yeah, Baba Yaga exactly right. and like that and so I can enjoy because it's like it's like it's almost like you know when you're a kid and you're playing with your your GI Joes or whatever I was gonna just, say it yeah. kind of feels like this <laughs> sandbox with action figures you know like. <laughs> That's actually a really good tangent for one of the things I wanted to bring up about the movie in terms of like sandbox and action figures. So um, I feel like a lot of the early 2000s um, and kind of John Wick like finally put the nail in the coffin of this and like brought us back into an era of how we shoot martial arts Mm -hmm. and how we shoot fighting. A lot of the early 2000s um, had a lot of 
garbage technique when it came to shooting action. A lot of like handheld camera, a lot of like Mm -hmm. not doing justice to the really good fight choreography that was happening. And I think Man of Chai Chi kind of like reopened that era of we should really think about how we're shooting action. And a lot of these fights felt like those sandbox fights because it was in your, it, it, it felt very cartoonish in the fun way in terms of like what happens when these pair these two styles together. It felt very street fighter in all of these different fight styles being put together. Yeah. and having fun with what that looked like. Yeah. No, and and the, yeah. Oh, I, I was just going to say the, the first scene in the film, like literally the opening shot feels like such a, like a mission statement. It's such a declaration mm-hmm. of intent because it, <laughs> it did, it came out in a time where, you know, the, the big budget, like Hollywood action movies that were being made were like, you know, born identity and like taken things where you yeah. have like, a lead who is can't not a stu- fight. Yeah, he can't yeah. fight. He's not a stunt performer. He yeah. doesn't do his own choreo and his own fighting. And so you have to get a stunt man who looks nothing like your very famous and recognizable lead. So you have to do these really tight angles on their hands. Yeah. And there's like 15 cuts for one punch. And, yeah. you, and you can't follow the action at all because you can't actually pull the camera out and just show two people fighting mm-hmm. because everyone will realize it's a stunt man. And so the fact that this opens with like, a, a camera just on a tripod mm-hmm. 10 feet away yeah. from two men in a single yeah. like long uninterrupted take just fighting it's like it's such a such a like flag planted in the ground that's like this yeah. is what this movie is yeah and i love it for that yeah the trend of like handheld in action films and in horror like is has it's been so um toxic i think because like uh, I think it works in like the born films, but not mm-hmm. you know it's really like people people take on um, the handheld thing because they think it makes it look more real and immediate, and um, it, right. there's not enough thought put through it, and so it doesn't it's not as believable. And you guys are absolutely right. Like I totally agree that it it this the way that this this they they set the film like these guys are actually doing this for one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is like there's a real beauty and grace to like the way that that Keanu and, you know, Keanu and Elliot Davis, you know, the, the camera team, like capture martial arts. Like if you think about like beyond just the, 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 the fight scenes, which are incredible, but like there's a scene of uh, tiger and we should say to the the listeners that tiger Chen is playing a character named tiger Chen, which is. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> radical. Um, but so he's practicing with his like elderly mentor, you know, in the temple and, um, there's just these like I I'm sure I don't have the the words you you need a more eloquent kind of uh, film speaker but the, there's the the camera is kind of right there and next to their hand they're kind of their hands are kind of interlocked and they're they're practicing together and the camera just kind of swoops along with their hands like they're these real kind of yeah. graceful camera movements like they're well, just an intimacy that, like, Keanu, yeah and it, and it and it shows again that Keanu has such uh, respect for what you know these 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 artists are doing you know no absolutely and, um, there's it, yeah <laughs> the, there's like a reverence for it and uh that that scene again feels like such a such a counterpoint to what other action films were doing at the time yeah. because you know in in you know something like a like a born identity or whatever you would get these really tight shots of like just hands interacting mm-hmm. but it's ambiguous and it's fast and there's a bunch of cuts and you can't really track the motion you don't even necessarily know like who's throwing a punch at who and this is like 
a very tight shot of hands, but you can still follow all of the movement effortlessly. Like it yeah. still yeah. tracks in, you know, in your field of vision and you're yeah. like, oh yeah, I can see what they're doing. I can see the, the intricate kind of handwork and these, uh, I, I don't know if it would be katas because I Tai Chi probably doesn't call it kata, but oh. you know, those things. Also touching on something you said earlier, uh, we don't always have the eloquent film speak no, words yeah. either. Cause this podcast is not for that. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we're not like, end all be all voices no, on film because no, yeah. a lot of the times my review on something could be like man that shit slaps uh, <laughs> sometimes those are the only words that really capture it you know sometimes those are the only words sometimes I I'm like, not that eloquent I like I like big words I like terms but sometimes I have to go look them up and sometimes I'm stuck sometimes I'm stuck and I'm just like whoa and I, I got that from Keanu thank you Yes. Sometimes Thank you, Keanu, for the woe in our lexicon. Yes, to, to finally embrace it as an adult mm -hmm. male and be like, you know what? Sometimes that's all I got is woe. Sometimes yeah. it's woe. We don't yeah. have to pretend like we know shit. <laughs> but speaking of things that slap, the choreography in this movie, I genuinely oh, didn't so give it good. enough credit because, yeah, when it came out, I, I realized, like, I, I hadn't watched it since it released, and it came out at a time when... Uh, I, I guess this is still true of me, but just like any direct-to-video action movie that comes out, like I'm, you know, I'm gonna buy it and I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. And you know, at the time, I was comparing it to like uh, Scott Adkins was, you know, putting out mm -hmm. like the like the undisputed films and like yeah. uh, you know Michael J. White was doing stuff, Marco Zoror. Uh, so there are these you know direct-to-video yeah. action guys uh, that I kind of held in a different regard. That I was like, oh yeah, these are like real fighters these are action mm -hmm. guys you know if yeah. if they had been working in the 80s they would be the biggest stars on the planet mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. but they're like instead their stuff gets relegated to direct-to-video and because you know it was it was keanu reeves headlining mm -hmm. it who at the time was not john wick i'm very much like man like what, what is this this is you know not <laughs> the same quality and i watched it through this really like disparaging lens and i think i even like the younger me that felt this need to you know kind of posture a bit and be a little like too cool for school which you know, we've, all we've all been talking yeah, about. Uh, I think, you know, yeah, I was very like, oh, Tai Chi is not a martial art. That's dumb. <laughs> you know, like, oh, it's, it's about a guy fighting with Tai Chi. Oh, that's unbelievable. Uh, and, and it also, you know, it has uh, Eco from the Raid films, uh, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, in, a, mm -hmm. in a small scene. Yeah. And I was even like, man, come on, you got the guy from the Raid and like you, you don't utilize him as well. And instead you've got a guy doing Tai Chi like this is whack. And watching it now, I'm like, every one of these fights slaps. Like, yeah. the like the the first guy that he fights when he goes to a kind of audition for the underground uh -huh. fighting mm -hmm. tournament, his choreography, he's all doing kind of like mixed martial arts. He's all doing like MMA stuff. So, you know, he's going for, you know, arm bars and rear naked chokes. He, he gets side control in his throwing knees. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they choreograph Tiger doing this like very traditional Chinese martial art of like doing his kind of modified yeah. Tai Chi movements and like using the guy's weight, you know, against him, against a dude who, you know, looks like someone who knows how to fight and is doing MMA yeah. and they make it feel believable. You're like, hell yeah, if you're that good at Tai Chi, I guess you can do that to a UFC fighter. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? You know, yeah. and it just, the fact that that reads is, yeah. is so impressive to me. And I, I love the style mashups. You have, uh, you know, the guy who does Sanda, like uh, kind of like Shaolin mm. kickboxing. Mm -hmm. You've got like a Taekwondo guy. You, you got have, the hard body yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah like yeah, very yeah. like Shaw Brothers, like <laughs> iron body dude yeah, I fucking yeah, love. Yeah. And it, it kind of ranges from very like, oh, identifiable real world style. You know, even Eco mm -hmm. presumably doing Penchoxy lot, you know, right, it looks right, very right. similar yeah. to what he's doing in the raid. 
but like y- you have all these like real practical styles and then these very like fantasy traditional martial arts styles and they all look equally yeah. valid they all look believable yeah. i i love that it's it's yeah. so well done yeah well the, the stunt team it's uh yun Woping who did you know he's legendary yep, yep. and um and uh and chad stahelski who co-directed the first john wick is on the stunt team for this so like this is kind of again like this is like a, a warm-up for for john wick this whole movie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and um yeah, it's I, like, I feel it's, like. Yeah. Oh, I, I was gonna say, I feel like you can take the last fight scene of him mm-hmm. in all black fighting fighting Tiger, yeah. and just take that scene out of context and post it on Facebook with a clickbait headline that's like "Young John Wick" or whatever, like John <laughs> Wick prequel, yeah. And, yeah. and it'll blow up. <laughs> I think yeah. you're really right at the beginning when you were like, "This movie is definitely like a big big progenitor for John Wick," though, because like mm-hmm. it it doesn't get the credit for setting in motion the movies that honestly have changed the face of action as we know it. The fact that one is coming out every year and we're like getting back into that year of always having an action star, (laughs) like with like the JCVD years, like John John Wick and inadvertently like man of Tai Chi put that back into motion. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, yeah. And it's like, again, um, it's, I, I really feel like it has so much to do with like Keanu having that, legit respect for these guys mm-hmm. that he's worked with you know that you know that he has been he's been working with some of these guys for years and like this when he gets the chance to direct his own movie like that's what he chooses to do like i'm always interested by like an actor that chooses to direct like what's what mm-hmm. what do they choose to direct and that this is what he chose to do he wanted to like highlight these like artists again like in front of the camera and behind the camera and it's like we haven't talked about it that much, but it's really interesting that Tiger Chen, I mean, he's not necessarily conventional, like, um, heroic figure. Like, like Keanu just wanted to like, like this guy is awesome. And I want you guys to see that he's awesome. So I'm making a movie about this guy, literally about this guy where he plays himself. Like, that's like, yeah, it's like, like him, but also obviously like the, the various stunt coordinators that obviously now we know, we all know, like, (laughs) <laughs> by name that we didn't know before like right, that's all right. that's all Keanu like bringing these you know talents to the forefront yeah um, it's well, really yeah, yeah it's and cool. I, I feel like you know now Tiger has had a he has like an amazing fight scene in John Wick 3 and then is also one of the the three leads in like Triple Threat, Triple threat along yeah. with like yeah Tony John Eco. Oh, so yeah, it, yeah, yeah definitely you know did kind of push Tiger into like a bigger space in yeah. you know martial arts and kind of like action filmmaking which is rad yeah and he's he's great in the movie too like he's very he's believable he's obviously believable as like a, a you know a kick-ass martial artist but like the earlier scenes where he's kind of this when i mean literally like um Donaka Mark points at the screen and goes, innocent, you know, like when I was, when I was 16 or 17, I would have been like, I would have laughed at that. But like it, when I see that in, you know, even in 2013, I was like, you know, I, I, I bought that. Like, he's like, yeah, he's Mark, you know, innocent. It you feels know. anime villain in a way that I really yeah. love. And like, I think you make an excellent point that like Tiger really does do a really good job of selling that initial like soft innocence and then like 
uh, falling in love with like the money and power yeah. of the fight ring. Because for those of you that uh, haven't seen Man of Tai Chi, what are you doing? Stop the podcast yeah. and go yeah. watch it. Yes, please. Um, but basically, it's a uh, D- Danaka Mark is offering Tiger Chen money for these escalating private fights for secret billionaires that doesn't air in China. And uh, the the money, like it does in many character mm-hmm. stories, eventually starts to taint uh, Tiger's purity. Right. Well, it's I, it's the money, <laughs> but it's also that uh, he's he's training this soft style. He's training Tai Chi, which is not an aggressive, like striking art. And his master, you know, kind of tells him again and again, like, this isn't really for fighting. You know, it's it's defense, it's fluid, it's soft. And and Tiger has this kind of anger inside of him, but also just this desire to prove that he is strong, that he is a fighter, and that he can, you know, beat the hell out of all these other dudes. So he, he competes, even though his master's not <laughs> super into it. And then he gets in this underground fighting that has no rules, no laws. And you have this kind of devil on his shoulder, Danaka Mark, telling him, you know, why are you holding back? Like, are you afraid of what you're going to do to these guys? Come on, man, just like, let it out. I know you have this anger inside of you. And yeah, he, he kind of falls in love with not just the money, but the ability to, or the, the opportunity to kind of like unleash this, uh, you know, uh, martial arts dominance and just mm-hmm. prove that he's a, a badass named Tiger yeah. Chen. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Outlaw Vern. Well, Vern, he, no, no. He, he's really good. Um, he's been around for a long time, but, um, I reread his review of this before, before we, we talked and like, he's one of the things he says is he says like, um, you know, this is probably the only like action movie that, um, where everything goes wrong because the main character, uh, forgot to meditate. Like there's something so... Right. Like there's something like uh, there's something so pure and sincere just in the mm-hmm. film itself about like that really is what it is. Like his master keeps reminding Tiger to 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 meditate and um, really like think over what he's doing. And he doesn't he kind of like you said, gets kind of seduced by it and excited by the power and all that. And um, it, in a weird way, it's like more one of those more believable like, um, you know, rags to riches Rags, yeah. And, you know, like, um, yeah, yeah. It makes you, it makes you buy into that, like, because you feel like, like Tiger buys into it, and again, because probably Keanu buys into that. I don't want to project, but I imagine that he, that he does, like, take this personally to some degree, and like, that's, I don't know, it's pretty, it's pretty wonderful. <laughs> I hope that it people does feel personal. Yeah, <laughs> I, I hope that. Yeah, I hope people check this out. I really think it's like worth another look. Like, yeah, absolutely. Um, especially yeah. like that's what that's always my, like my, my thing, like with with movies in general is um, I think I mean, obviously, it must have started when I was a kid and I watched Big Trouble in Little China when I was nine. Yes. And it's not it's not Big Trouble in Little China. It's John Carpenter's Big Trouble in Little China. Right. And then I mm-hmm. saw I, I saw there was this other movie on TV on HBO and it was called Escape from New York, but it was, you know, John Carpenter's name was all over it. And I was like, wow, I like that one movie so much. And that had John Carpenter's name on it. And I like this other movie that had John Carpenter's name on it. I'm going to go look at all the other movies that have the name John Carpenter on it. And obviously, like, you know, he's my favorite director and I love everything he's ever, well, almost everything he's ever done. (laughs) I can't really watch Vampires. That's not his fault, but, uh, you know, we can blame that on James Woods. But, uh, but, but, but like, I, the thing I never get is when when people um, who love 
uh, movies and they love an actor or a director, like go back and look at the other stuff that they, you know what I mean? Like people, mm-hmm. I'm talking about like quote unquote normal people, like, um, you know, <laughs> people that don't go on Wikipedia not, and they're not, like, what has this person done yeah, in not, everything they've ever done? And can well, I watch all of it? But, but, but you know what I mean? Like, that's like, like, it's just so obvious to me. Like if you love John Wick, why wouldn't you go back and look at the action movie, the, the Kung Fu, you know, the martial arts movie that, that Keanu Reeves made. Like, that's just, to me, that's just like, like why? Why wouldn't? Why not? Like check it out. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I think like, that. Oh, go ahead. Well, one thing I was gonna say, and like you touched on it really well, is the mission statement we had for the the mission statement we had for this podcast, and the thing that's been happening, and it's why we love doing it, is we didn't want to like make a podcast for like experts to like dive deeper into the things that they already love. (laughs) We wanted to make it so that we can talk about the things that we like, but also if it's not something that you've experienced before, but you've always wanted to like find a good entry point, whether it be to like martial arts or horror movies, which kind of tend to feel like it feels like something that the average person doesn't like get to explore that much because let's face it, a lot of streaming (laughs) services and a lot of media don't tend to put that much advertising behind it. Mm -hmm. We wanted to make it feel like a fun book club to where it's accessible. And the fact that every week we like get people listening and telling us that they wouldn't have otherwise explored this thing and now they love it and they're looking for more is entirely why we set out for this. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. And that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. We both Sorry. started talking at the same time. And I, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm so glad because, yeah, I feel like that really does go hand in hand with like the thesis of the podcast. That's yeah. like, hey, like if if you like this thing and you haven't had that impulse that, you know, nerds like us have to be like, oh, what else is similar to this? What else has this same kind of signature things in common? I'm going to do this deep dive and like watch everything that this person has been in or everything that John Carpenter has directed. But like, you know, you you've had that little... That small that spark. exposure to it, and you're like, oh yeah, like even just like, oh yeah, I like horror movies. Yeah. But, like you've never watched, you know, like a like a Shaw Kung Fu movie. It's like you you'll probably like this, and so just that little nudge of like, hey, like here's here's that extra little link that you might not have, you know, that thread yeah. that you might not have pulled otherwise. I love that. Uh, yeah, I love that you guys are doing that, and like that's, I mean, that's what we do at Daily Grindhouse. Like it's it's, mm-hmm. um, I mean, we we run the occasional like critical review and I, th- I think it's valuable to do that because constructive yeah. criticism is good but um it really is like I, I i never see myself as a critic like it's i'm an enthusiast you know like i love this yes. like i love this this is like this is why i love it i'm going to tell you why i love this and like go see this like you know i love I, that yeah i push like that's that's my whole like ethos behind the site and um everybody that that that's been writing for the site is really good at that like just like we love this stuff let's like let's yeah. you know you get you guys are our people like <laughs> like yeah. let's let's get this stuff like out in the world and you know makes us so happy i mean i might be a little too evangelical about stuff like basket case but oh no <laughs> no you can't be too evangelical it's about little, basket case there's no that church i i have as as just like a weird little tangent i have the most uh I realize now as an adult, I identify that it was like a very bizarre personal relationship with the film Basket Case. I do too. Yes. No. Okay. So I, I grew up on, on horror. Like my, my mom was pretty young when she had me and she was just a big horror fan. And I guess just never thought like, Oh, these movies aren't for kids. She was just like, yeah, this is what I like to watch. So you're watching it. And so I, I never even like viewed horror films as like frightening. I was never like scared. I never had nightmares. It was just like, yeah, these are just the movies that we watch. And uh, Basket Case, I had gotten as, like, 
a really early like birthday present on VHS. And so like any movie that I got that was like my movie, like this copy belongs to me and was a gift, I would watch obsessively. And I was like, yeah, Basket Case is mine. And I guess I, I was homeschooled. I was an only child and I was just a real lonely kid. <laughs> there was something in Basket Case that resonated with me oh, yeah. that I genuinely was just like, Belial is my brother. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't even like realize how bizarre that feeling was until like I was an adult and I watched the movie and I was like, this movie is fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah, the fact that Belial's as a kid, gonna... I, yeah. yeah, no, he's terrible. But as a kid, I was yeah. just like, I want what they have. <laughs> Like, I want a sibling like Belial to, to look to after you, me. I have to tell you, and I'm, I must be as weird as, as you say you are. Like, I, I just find that totally touching. That's just I beautiful. know, right? Thank you. That's just beautiful. That's beautiful sentiment. I And I get where you're coming from. Although when I when I first saw that movie, I was scared of it. So right. I, uh, it's, I was, it's so yeah. good. It's, oh, it's so good. The sequels. Underrated right. trilogy, but we have other stuff to <laughs> cover. Yes. Right? We have a whole Although I would film. love to have you back on to talk <laughs> yeah, about basket pick case yeah, at I, some point. Please, please, yes. please. But and that'll be a fun <laughs> one for Elijah to try and figure out a martial arts pairing for basket case. Boy, That's geez. tough. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. Double team, maybe. So, <laughs> this one is actually so. A lot of the times. Uh, for the last few ones, because we've had people picking horror pairings, Elijah's been coming up with the martial arts pairings for guests. So this one was exciting because I wanted to be like, my turn. I want to pick something. And uh, from the second I started watching this movie, I kept telling Elijah what movie I wanted it to be. And I maintained <laughs> it till the end. And I had him on my side uh, pretty much halfway through. Um, but the, the, the narratives in the first movie that I was like, all right, this is what I'm going to focus on when I figure out what the pairing is is we have a man being evicted who has this thing um, who, who has this thing that he's trying to protect and uh, somebody comes along and offers him money but in the exchange for him mm-hmm. uh, rethinking a lot of his morals and like foundationally who he is uh, and you know the, the things that money makes you want to do along mm-hmm. with several other elements but <laughs> the movie I chose for your feature presentation is Cheap Thrills. <laughs> I love Cheap Thrills. Yeah, From the beginning, yeah. as soon as I started it, uh, I, I got the kind of hype that you are when you like visit an old friend that you haven't mm-hmm. seen in a while. Ironically, how th- Cheap Thrills starts. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> nice. But not a second of that movie is wasted. Yeah. 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 It's true. It, oh, it, it, it yeah. trucks yeah. along. <laughs> yeah. It's no, one of those movies that I, you're like, sorry, it's just like, you're like, you watch and you're like, why can't all movies be this entertaining? no it just has an energy to it and i i love it because it's it's one that uh when i first saw the trailer for the film you know uh in 2013 i guess uh when it when i first like saw it i was like oh that's a that's a brilliant premise it's such a like high concept like easy synopsis you know you you hear it's like oh yeah this this eccentric kind of like sleazy rich guy is paying these two losers in a series of like escalating sort of dares, you mm-hmm. know? And yeah. I, I saw it and I was like, oh, that's so brilliant. That's such a good premise. And I really hope that it like delivers on it. You mm-hmm. know, like you you hope that the thing that got that idea first does it well. Mm-hmm. And then it, it it delivers so much harder than I even like hoped for. You know, mm-hmm. like yeah. you see the film and you're like, every every escalation is perfect. It feels mm-hmm. so meticulous and mm-hmm. 
I love it. It does yeah. a similar thing that it does to um, uh, Man of Tai Chi, where it sets up a character mm-hmm. that is like, they're being evicted, they're hired by money, they're desperate, you know, so the first thing that comes along that looks like they might get them out of this is really enticing. Yeah. And they, they waste no time on that. And for those of you that haven't seen <laughs> Cheap Thrills, again, I beg of you, please watch it somewhere. This movie yeah. is uh, so much better than any description you read can even yeah. give you. Um, it's a man runs into his old friend and they run into a rich couple. And for her birthday, they're doing escalating dares. But similarly to the Keanu rediscovery um, that Man of Tai Chi offered, uh, I had this with Cheap Thrills with David Koechner in that Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. we do not utilize him Mm -hmm. as well as we should be using Mm -hmm. him. Because Elijah brought up the invitation. He should be a horror darling. David Koechner should be a horror movie industry darling. He's so good. He's horrifying. He, and and not not to interrupt, but I just really want to underline the fact that like people listening, like the best thing to do would be to pause this and go watch the movie because you yes. really want to you want to discover like every moment for yourself. You no, know, I I yeah. fully agree because I I think the the general uh, thing that Vanessa was saying early on in the podcast mm-hmm. and I fought it for a little bit and then we had listeners uh, kind of change my mind. But Vanessa was like, people don't necessarily need to have seen the films they can still find entertainment and value in the, yeah. in the podcast. And I was like, absolutely not. Like you, you <laughs> yeah. need to watch the movies. And then I, I had listeners that were like, you know, no, nah, I, I didn't watch them. And I still like enjoy this. Po- I mean, my grandma <laughs> listens to the podcast and she's like, she's like, I don't think I've seen that, but you guys, you know, you painted Hi, such a lovely picture. <laughs> I'm Hi, sorry grandma for my Pauline. language, grandma. Uh, no, no, she, <laughs> I, I get my language from her. Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, okay. <laughs> but, but no, I, I've, you know, kind of come back around that I'm like, yeah, no, you, you don't necessarily need to watch the films if, if you, Find entertainment in the podcast on its own. Awesome. I'm saying that you need to watch it. I'm saying it. This is one like, (laughs) we're going to spoil it. And I don't want this viewing experience to be spoiled for you. So pause the podcast. Go watch Cheap Thrills. Come back. Continue (laughs) listening. You'll like it better. I read, um, I read, uh, I went back like before we did this and kind of did some reading like interviews. uh, E.L. Katz or Eli Katz, the director, um, basically was talking about um, the trailer and how the whole movie is in the trailer. Um, you know, he was like, he was like in an interview and the, the interviewer was like, well, I don't want to go too far into the plot. He's like, oh, don't worry. The trailer did that already. So if, oh, you, if you're listening and you haven't seen the movie yet, don't watch the trailer either. Just go watch the movie. Trust us. Mm-hmm. That's true. And, you know, then, you know, then come back. But yeah, it's so <laughs> it's so and by the way, like he's awesome. But that's we can get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because yeah. he does like a his, his real number with this script. <laughs> This is yeah. This is I mean the script is great and but he he, he plays it perfectly and uh, he's gone on to have a, a pretty strong uh, presence and what, you know career in horror and I, I, I follow everything says, uh, that, like since I saw this movie because I I, I remember his short in a uh, I think ABCs of Death too yeah. I think he was A yeah. maybe for mm-hmm. like Assassin and I mm-hmm. loved that yeah. Uh, yeah what else has has Yale Cats done because I feel like I'm a huge fan but then I I can't think of like a second feature I'm, besides uh, Cheap Thrills I think his second feature is called Small Crimes it was the guy from Game of Thrones the handsome guy and uh, uh, Robert Forster and Jackie Weaver <sighs> play his parents it's good it's That's not right. like I, uh, I didn't I didn't love it as much as this but like his TV work like he's um, Haunting a Bly Manor. He did an, uh, an episode of that. He did an episode of Smart oh, and Okay, I have I have to watch it now. All right. Number one, I don't know if you guys watch uh, Channel Zero. 
But yes, the, yes. The, the fourth and final season of Channel Zero, he directed every episode. And that is one oh of my... Oh, my God. Dream is, Door, right? The, yeah, Dream Door. And that's yes. like one of my favorite horror things that's happened in the past 20 years. Like, that is so... I didn't, yeah. I didn't even know that was E.L. Katz. That's incredible. He, I he fucking every, love that yeah, season. He directed every episode. It's the, the Pretzel Jack uh, season. Yes. Like, that's just... There's, there's Perfect. a scene in the in the first, I believe, the, the first episode of season yeah. four of Channel Zero. That's one of my <laughs> favorite moments, just maybe in television. It's like, you know, somewhere on like a top 50 list for me. I don't yeah. know. But I, I adore this scene so much. It's the first kind of reveal of Pretzel Jack oh when the guy yeah. is, uh, you know, like kind of cornering her in the kitchen and being very like aggressive with her. Yes. And Pretzel Jack comes in and stabs the guy yes. way more times than yes. he needs to mm-hmm. stab him. It's very brutal oh and horrifying. And then you get this kind of pulled back shot of her just standing there in shock, just yeah. horrified, not sure like what this thing is and if it's going to attack her, you know, really horrifying moment. And he does his little like dance. He yes. does this little, he does like a somersault or something yeah. and a, like a little like circus clown yeah. like salute and is like, bye and leaves. Yes. And it's just, it's very slapstick. It's so good. That and guy, it, it, yeah. Ugh, that that guy, scene feels yeah. very like cheap thrills. It's oh, that sort yeah. of like very cold, mm-hmm. jarring moment that's punctuated mm-hmm. by like mm-hmm. unexpected comedy. So you laugh, but yeah. you're uncomfortable. Like that oh, scene so is good. very like, yeah, that has eel cats all over it. And I didn't even realize it. That's great. Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, I just like, I want to, I, I, he's doing phenomenal like TV work. Although I'd, I'd love to see like more features from him, but mm-hmm. um, hell yeah. Th- yeah. He's, he's like, yeah, he's, he's really great. This movie is so good. It's played so well, and it's like it can't have been made for a lot of money. It looks, it like I, I when I went back and looked at it again, actually, I was because the first time I saw it was on the big screen. When I kind of mm-hmm. watched it on the small screen, I was like, yeah, this does look pretty cheap. But they get so many, they get so much mileage out of just like four, four incredible like principal actors and just such a strong script. And like every, like you said, like not a minute is wasted. Like every choice, like furthers every minute of the, of the, of the runtime, like furthers the story. Um, yeah. the, the tension is like the, the buildup of the tension is in, incredible. Like the control, like that, 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 that they, you know, between performance and, you know, filmmaking, like that they have over this story. It's like, uh, <laughs> I, I, this was my number one movie that year, 2013. Yes, yeah. it's, but, that, but yeah, it's a perfect. She was on that list too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the casting in it is dead good. on too, because like I already went into like how much I love David Koechner, and we should yes, because yeah, he tends to get, get typecast as like a bumbling def- buffoon. Yes, right. But, He's like typecast as his character in Anchorman, mm-hmm. you know, and. But, He's but. so good at <laughs> seeming kind and inviting, and then yeah. turning on a dime. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, like that guy. Like, holy crap! I just got locked in a room with this guy. Like, who? Yes. Was, no, no. And it, he he sells. He he's very good at selling. Yeah, that tonal shift between yes, soft and comfortable and warm and inviting, and then terrifying in a way that's believable. Not just like, oh, I see how the characters ended up there. It's not like, oh, they made stupid decisions that I would never mm-hmm. make. In a way that I watch it and I'm like, I would have done that. I would have been his friend and then been alone in a room with him and not realized that he was going to hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, and it's both sides yes, of it are so yeah, convincing. Yeah. That it, like, it's terrifying. Yeah. I, I yeah, love no, the, uh, just all the four scene. Of them are, yeah. All four of them are great. Yes. Because, yeah, yeah vi- no, Violet, the, uh, <laughs> the wife. Wanna... Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's like, she's the one that she gets on. She's probably underrated in like, 
um, like discussions of this movie. But if you've seen her in other movies, like she's so she's so good at like playing sweetness. And that's so mm. not what she's playing here. Like, it's really impressive. Like, because I I had right before this, I think I'd seen her and Pat Healy in the Innkeepers, you know, just oh, like totally right, different. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, the, the um, heart goes ghost story, you know, and um, yeah, and yeah, she she plays sweetness. Yeah. Like, so she said she seems like, you know, you just figure that she's such a sweet person. Like you watch that movie and you're like, oh, she must be sweet in real life. And then you see this movie and it's just a totally different character. And um, and 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 scary in a different way. I'm a huge <laughs> Sarah Paxton fan. I love Sarah Paxton. Yeah. I've followed her career for a long mm. time. Uh, she's another actress that I like. Want to see utilized in more things. Uh, recently watched her again in uh, the syrupy sweet rom com that I really love, Sydney White, in which she's a villain in that movie. Um, she's doing her best <laughs> Regina George, and she's doing it, in my opinion, okay. uh, in an excellent take of it. I love Sarah Paxton, but the thing I love about her in this movie, and you're right, she doesn't get enough talk in this conversation, yeah. is in any other movie. Uh, Sarah Paxton's character, Violet, would 100% be played as, like, the trophy wife, you know, like, just kind of the bimbo that found her way there. But Mm -hmm. she clearly loves this as much as he does, and for Mm -hmm. a long time has, because she has that story that she tells about seeing that skateboarder being hit by the car as a kid, and she almost seems amused by the sound that his body made when the truck hit him. And it's like... No, he didn't make her this, and she's not, like, along for the ride. She's an active participant, and she's yeah. always wanted a life like this. Yeah, right. her character the, is, yeah. So, sorry, the, I was stepping on you. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so we're, we're all really psyched, which I love. <laughs> yeah, we uh, love this movie. <laughs> yeah, no, something I, I love about it, I, I realized, because I, I hadn't rewatched it in a while, but I still, you know, had, like, a pretty uh, clear recollection of the film, but then, like, rewatching it now... I, I feel like it does hold up so well on rewatch. It's not a film that's dependent on like twists or mm-hmm. like, Oh, like what's going to happen next. It's not like once you know how it goes, uh, you know, anything is yeah. spoiled or it's like lessened in any way because of like those performances and seeing the character of Violet, yes. the fact that she's, you know, what, what initially feels uh, on, on a first viewing as just like, Oh yeah, she's like a, you know, like spoiled rich kid who just doesn't care about other people. But then you're watching it and you're like, oh, she's she's waiting for the part where it gets interesting. Like, this is boring to her, but she's like anticipating the yeah. parts where she's she's going to feel something and she's going to be animated and come to life and like be an active participant. And then you see those moments yeah. and you're like, no, this is this is what she cares about. These yeah. are the things she's passionate about. You know, the I, I mean, you know, yeah. the the ending where, you know, one of them finally kills the other she is, you know, as, as alive as we've seen her in the film. And it's like, it's understated, but she sells those emotions so well that it like on a rewatch, yeah. it, it all feels so calculated that it like a, a second or third time through, it feels less like, uh, you know, Oh, they're making this series of choices that escalate. It feels like everything that happens is inevitable. Mm-hmm. Like this couple, this married couple has like, plan this out from the beginning and they know exactly beat for beat how it's going to progress. And it makes it kind of more horrifying. Yeah. Except for the fact that like the, you know, you find out the end, they, they, each of them has placed a bet on which guy will kill the other. Right. And if you, and if you really, if you think about it, like her, the person, her bet is 
they're both, I mean, it's evil what both of them do, but if, if either of them could be more evil, like her choice is probably more evil because it's so knowing of human nature. Like there's mm-hmm. one guy that like, yes, he's the, the low life with the criminal record. And then there's the other guy who's desperate and has a wife and a baby and who she places the bet on, like the awareness of human nature it, that's so like she's right, but it's also like it's so so it's sinister. So, yes, it's so sinister. Exactly. Um, yeah. But but you guys are right. Like that. That's the thing. Like to re to, to watch it the first time is like you. I remember watching this movie the first time and having no idea where it was going to go next. And that's like so that's why we say why we said earlier, <laughs> you know, stop this and go watch it. Because the yeah, pleasure yeah. of like you don't get that a lot in movies like to. I have no idea where this is going to go next. Like you really mm-hmm. like, like with superhero movies, I love them, but you can generally tell like there be, you know, here's the establishing and I don't know if I want to be a hero and da da da. And then everybody turns into animated cartoons and they're flying around and whatever. <laughs> I guess we know all those go, but like this, I had no idea where it was going to go. But then when you go back and watch it the next few times, you're like, I, uh, like I can really look at these performances and really see like how, um, all four of them, like, um, you know, Pat Healy and uh, Ethan Embry have, um, you know, the more quote unquote normal, normal guy uh, performances, but they're, they're both so good in their roles. But like, yeah, David yeah. Koechner and Sarah Paxton, like the, the evil that they portray and like David Koechner, obviously, like we keep saying is like the more, um, you know, uh, like eye catching character, but like Sarah Paxton mm-hmm. in this movie should not be like undervalued too, but like, but, but absolutely David Koechner, like, um, yeah, there's something about like when a really funny person goes evil that, you know, if they're yeah. really genuinely funny person, like it, um, that, that, that's what I, not to get on a tangent, but like these Joker movies, like if they keep making them, like th- to me, they're going about it all wrong. They're casting like whoever won the last Oscar. Actors! They gotta cast somebody somebody who's actually funny. Like, imagine how scary it would be to have a Joker that, like, you're laughing at. You know, he makes you laugh at these terrible things. Anyway, like, that's, like... Which feels like an important part of the character? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. somebody who's funny. Like, always, yeah, I, um... But but that's I, that, I, honestly that is kind of what David Koechner brings to this movie because it's like you 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 look at him and you're waiting to laugh and and he like goes he takes you somewhere else and it's just like yeah Whoa, I don't know one of one of my favorite uh, moments <laughs> is the the kind of heel turn where you really see the like mask slip you know the kind of cultivated like personality that he has that's luring these guys in it's like hey we're just bros we're partying is when hmm. uh. I'm I'm forgetting their names because I'm remembering the Craig actors. and Vince. Craig, yeah. When 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 Craig leaves, yeah, yeah. and it's just Vince, and Vince is like, "Cool, man. Like, what's next? We're still doing it, right?" And he's still like amped up, but he's like very eager, and it's lost the element of competition. It's it's lost some of the magic, and so Violet is like is playing a somber piano song. Her birthday mm-hmm. is ruined. She's clearly not into it, <laughs> and he's just like, "I don't know, man. Cut off your fucking pinky." And he's like, are you serious? And he's like, what is that? Is that not cool? Do it or don't. I don't care. You know? And he's so like, he's so bored with it now at this point that he's yeah. just like, I like cut off your finger. It doesn't matter. And he's looking yeah. to Violet. Like, is that, is that something? Is that cool? He's going to do it. But his entire like body language and tone <laughs> and just everything about him shifts where it's like, oh, he's not a fun party guy anymore. Like you are nothing <laughs> to him. Yeah. Yeah. He has a lot of moments like that, yeah. or like, like you said, when he's like brings the funny in terms of like 
making you laugh at a very inappropriate moment. And there's that great and like excellent directing choice. Um, when Craig and Vince are both like calling each other losers and being like, you know, you're like a waste (laughs) of oxygen and, 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 you know, you, you had everything for you and you're still like mutilating yourself for your wife and kids. (laughs) And like, it's super tense and like a tight shot on both of their faces. And this is interrupted by David Koechner walking (laughs) in and being like, anybody hungry? Like, not even caring about the destruction of this friendship. He walks in. He walks in and says, "Oh, you guys are still here." Which is incredible. Yeah. It's so good. So, oh, it's so nasty, though. Oh yeah. Oh, oh god, the dog scene. I remembered it being oh, horrifying, yeah. but then watching yeah. it, it was like worse than I remember. I almost barfed for real. Oh, like yeah. I watch a lot of gross shit, but I straight up almost barfed for real, yeah. and I've seen that scene before. Yeah, that's oh, the other so thing. Good. That's the other thing. Like, like we're talking. You know, we're probably like I can only imagine you guys are are, are similar to me in that like we've probably all seen a lot of pretty hideous stuff on screen and like mm-hmm. the ability of this movie to still like get that kind of reaction is, yeah, <laughs> it's not that no, like, easy. I, no. I feel like I've seen films in which someone is like eating a human being right. where it's like less, less shocking right. than these guys eating a dog that has been cooked and prepared for them. Yes. You know, yes it's, it's, yeah. Yeah, oh, like, so like upsetting. Raw, raw was more charming than. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's one of those where whenever I see people be like, oh, I think cheap thrills might be more of a thriller. And I'm like, that dog eating scene did worse things to my brain than a lot of like dismemberment or mm. mutilation scenes yeah, can. No, it yeah. gets visceral reaction out of me. Or like the pinky hanging off on the end oh, and then yes, just like the sound yeah. of the tear off. It's so, yeah, it's <laughs> so, it's just like that's the little details like that. Like, I remember. Um, what was it? Uh, uh, the, the the Cape Fear remake. Do you guys ever see that? Oh the, yeah. Like, there's like there's. I mean, it's kind of. It's not. Um, it's not top tier Scorsese or anything, but like mm-hmm. there's stuff that happens in that movie where you remember why he's like one of the greatest filmmakers like ever because the scene where uh, De Niro bites Ileana Douglas and just the sound design there, like I'm mm-hmm. like this, this specific like where like hopefully you've never had your face bitten by a, 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 a maniac. But like, if you were like, that would be the sound like, and the specificity, like this movie has, that is what I'm saying. Like if we've yeah. never yeah. before seeing this movie, we would never imagine what it would be like to microwave a dead dog um, and then have to eat it. But if we did like that probably is what it would, I mean, obviously it wasn't that, but that's, we can imagine that's what it would look and sound. And, you know, like, like the ability to bring out, tactile you know what i mean like like that yeah, like yeah. really great filmmaking is like where it's not just looking or hearing it's like you can imagine what it'd be like to taste or even smell that like that this movie does that and the, and, it, and it makes it so much more effective because you're like oh god yeah the, the, there's there's such a, yeah. a thoughtfulness and kind of attention to detail in each of these mm-hmm. moments as to like why they really <laughs> are what they are and it it's such a i i feel like a such a lesson in like taking a, a very low budget, you know, and it's like most of it takes place in the house. You know, a lot of it is like one location. It had a hundred thousand dollar budget, hundred thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah. And like taking, you know, a, a modest budget and like a small location and a small cast and just yeah. really like wringing everything out of it that you can. And just that attention to detail that makes each moment mm-hmm. so effective. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's such a, it's such an impressive movie and it's so, uh, and, no. and, 
the the big question uh does it pair well with man of tai chi is this an effective <laughs> double feature um i mean it's i i didn't i i'm sure i didn't watch them near each other back in 2013 but i i just think it's like amazing that like these are two movies that came out the same year and um and David Koechner's character does know Kung Fu, if you remember. He does. Like he the, does. Biggest, the, yeah. biggest, the biggest laugh in the whole thing is when uh, when they you know they turn and they see the picture of him with his like with his martial like arts karate trophies. trophies. Like, they're yeah, like, yeah. oh it's like shit. Black belt. Because on top yeah. of that, like he's a big guy and now he knows how to fight, and we didn't. We thought we could take him, but we can't. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they're not these. Maybe these. We we are the only three people in the world who probably would have ever paired these two movies, but I can I can see it. <laughs> I can see. Well, I mean, they. I, I think they both, you know, follow that that structure, like Vanessa pointed out, of you know, a character being seduced by this, yeah. you know, yeah. relatively easy money. Point. Yeah, yeah, and kind of like learning through this series of escalations what they're willing to do and not willing to do. Uh, yes. You know, for for yet yeah, easy money, and because you know you have those those moments where Tiger is like, okay, you have to kill this guy now. It's it's advanced to this point. It's it's now a death match. And, you know, you, you have that moment in Man of Tai Chi that's like, am I willing to do that? Like, how far am I willing to go? Uh, like, how how much, to what degree have I been seduced by this? And, you know, I think Cheap Thrills and Man of Tai Chi offer different answers. You know, Tiger yeah. Tiger finally meditates, and, and yeah. in Cheap Thrills mm-hmm. they do not. But, yeah, I think that, that kind of yeah. escalation and, you know, being and, uh, pulled and this, into like, this. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. No, just like one thing, like I was saying, like when I watch Man of Tai Chi, um, I don't I'm not desperate for the villain to get to get murdered. But like by the time this Mm -hmm. movie ends, like that's you want to see their names are Violet and Colin. I think you want to see them. Yeah, Colin. And and you get denied that, which makes it a true horror movie, because that's how life is. That sometimes the worst people get away with it. They win. They get their way, you know. They make it to the end. Yeah. And like with all of these, another reason that we started this is also we very much like miss the feeling of going to a movie theater and seeing like a great double feature um, and having those interactions. (laughs) So we always give our pairings a little, a little name. So when we did the guest and return to the 36th chamber, that was the imposter double feature. Um, (laughs) This last one we did a maniac cop and police story and it was a bad cop, worst cop. Uh, but for this one, I was thinking the name of the double feature would be uh, "What's Your Price?" What's your price? Okay. Everybody's everybody's got a price. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's valid. The "What's Your Price?" double feature. I like it. I like it. I also uh, wanna wanna point out uh, a parallel between Donaka Mark and Colin and Violet in like identifying someone who they they see something in them that they're like, oh, this person will do what I want them to do. Because Donaka Mark at one point is watching Tiger fight in a, yeah. in a tournament and says something. It's something kind of cryptic, but it's like he has it. Like he has it in him. Innocence. Yeah, it's, it's innocence, but then he's like he's got, you know, and I, I don't think he says a specific thing, but it's like, oh, he has some kind of darkness in him. He yeah. has an anger that I can exploit. He's going to be corruptible. And the fact that like Violet and Colin from the beginning have essentially identified like, we can get these guys to kill each other. Yeah. They've they've got that thing. They're desperate yeah. enough. They've got that darkness yeah. in them. And so yeah, it's similar similar villains who take yeah. a, a different road into getting the yeah. entertainment that they crave. 
Capitalist uh, but also, villains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Both, both eccentric rich people. But also, <laughs> Danaka Mark does say at one point, you know, he's like, it was never about the fighting. It was about you. It was about the choices you would make in your life. It was about watching someone innocent be corrupted, mm-hmm. which is, you know, also cheap thrills, I think. They're, they're never necessarily interested in the challenges them, themselves. Like, you know, when he comes back and he's like, oh, I shit in their house. Look, here's the photo. Violet doesn't even want to see the photo. She <laughs> wants to know that they can make this man do that. You know, right. it's like, it was never about the fighting. It was about the control. Yeah. I don't know how so, we made it this far without quoting, you owe me a life. Oh, yes! you owe me a life. Which he says twice. It's so yeah. good. I don't know. <laughs> you... <laughs> And oh the second God. time he says it, he, like, says it with the same cadence of the first time of, like, yes. I didn't forget. Yeah. You still owe me life. I want I think my, my $2. My favorite, <laughs> I want my $2. No, I think my, my favorite Keanu moment in Man of Tai Chi is when he's watching Tiger fight, and then he just goes, ah! <laughs> he just, like, <laughs> screams. And there's, he's just, like, alone in his office. It's not a response yeah, yeah. to anything. It's just, like... Tiger is getting more evil, and the way he expresses that he's excited is not like yes or like ah. Oh, finally, he just makes like a Dracula noise. He just goes blah, and I fucking love it. I want to say my favorite quote that I didn't realize was my favorite quote from Cheap Thrills, uh, just because of his choice of delivery and an actor that I really love. I love Ethan Embry. He's amazing in Grace and Frankie. Um, is yeah. when he cuts off uh, Craig's pinky and says it in the way that you like say to a sibling or a friend when they did something stupid, but he points at him and goes, and I hope it hurt. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> he, yeah, uh, he's a really good, like, he's a really good, like, he's a guy that, like, I don't know, I've been watching my whole life. Like, he was in, what's that movie with Ed O'Neill? God. Uh, he was a kid. Oh, yeah. He was a kid. Uh, I can't remember um, what movie he was in. The, oh, my God. Ed O'Neill. Ed O'Neill, yeah. And then, obviously, And he was in The Guest for a minute? And, Oh yeah, can yeah, hardly yeah, wait. Yeah, but like he's a guy like we kind of like that's why his character is so great because like you can uh, you can imagine like he's kind of like that um that sweet guy from from Can't Hardly Wait and he just mm-hmm. like hit real hard times, you know? Like I just think like he's he's so good. He plays like such a good like in all his movies he just feels like real like specific um believable like like authentic he never plays the same guy yeah he never plays the same guy twice but you always believe he's the guy he is like the yeah, same yeah. with pat healy like very like the essence of character actors they're like they're great absolutely yeah everybody it's like a great like four four person ensemble there like yeah. was was the movie dutch by the way i looked it up i, d- I did not know dutch. but Ed O'Neill yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Okay. i used to I watched that like a hundred times so yeah I like that movie. (laughs) So here's my favorite question. Maybe because uh, it's always either something I actually want to eat or something that uh, will stay at concessions, which is what is our snack pairing for this double feature? And no one can say microwave dog. (laughs) No, no. But I remember like I saw that I saw that movie at the draft house the first time I saw it. And I, I was what did I have? I ordered the hot wings for some reason. I never no! even eat hot wings. No. Yeah, it was such a bad move. Like, because that's probably <laughs> what they it. used. You know, like right. Um, so, so definitely not that. But I, I feel like I would, I would go for something that is is a food that you would eat like on a dare. So something that's uh, 
either like really spicy or really sour. So like uh, like Atomic Warheads, like that really sour candy, and then like a <laughs> like ghost pepper hot sauce or something. You know, something that you'd be like, ah, if you if you eat this, if you finish it, you you get twenty five dollars. Yeah. All right. So maybe something that like something. Ho- okay. So like a a ghost pepper that you eat on a dare, uh, and that if you eat it, uh, concessions has to give you twenty five dollars. Uh, and I'm thinking for the other pairing, uh, something stupid and covered in gold so that it's kind of just kind of useless. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, those stupid hot wings that are covered in uh, gold leaf. There you go. No, no and every wings. time I ever see no them. <laughs> just to like really drive at home. Uh, ooh, our producer Sam suggested the ghost pepper Dunkin' Donut. Oh, we had donuts last time. Wow. Yeah. That's true. I've, wow. We tried to get one yesterday, and they were sold out, and Elijah I, looked know, so disappointed. I gotta, be, <laughs> I gotta be honest with you, though. Like a movie with like Man of Tai Chi makes me want to eat no junk food at all. Like just watching how mm. like oh, like like um, Tiger Fair. Chen is a, just a few years older than me. Like I watch like one reason I watch like um, um, uh, uh, martial arts movies in general is just like to see people with the grace that I do not and will never have like not not even like a like a weight thing just like i am just a clumsy motherfucker and like watching <laughs> watching kung fu movies like it just it's such an aspirational thing to me i'm like well look at that grace like i could never have that you know but <laughs> so yeah, i'm gonna probably say, just have water i'm gonna say combining <laughs> <laughs> okay well there you go it's it's a, a ghost pepper challenge and if you eat it you get 25 dollars and then water to to wash it down <laughs> Then water. There you go. Nice ice cold water. There Perfect. <laughs> All right. So I've had an amazing That's time. Awesome. I love this double feature. Thank you again for being here. You've been amazing. Where can our guests find you and learn more about you and what you're working on? Um, I'm on Twitter at, as Johnzilla, J-O-N-Z-I-L-L-A underscore, underscore, underscore. It's like a Godzilla tale. I'm cute like that. <laughs> And then uh, please, uh, Daily Grindhouse. And if you go on Patreon and search us, like we have a dailygrindhouse.com, obviously, where you can find all our stuff. But if you want to read stuff before everybody else in the world, go to the Daily Grindhouse Patreon. Um, that's just, you know, go to Patreon and search Daily Grindhouse. It's probably the easiest way. We got a nice, cool logo. So, yeah, thank you guys for having me. This is awesome. This is so much fun. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing it. It was it was great. I'm definitely gonna check out the Daily Grindhouse and the Patreon and such because I uh, had had not been familiar with it before. But cool. yeah. having talked to you, I'm like, this is very my jam. <laughs> these, these are my people. This is what I want. So yeah, yeah. And, thank uh, you so much for being on. Thank you. Yeah, that's. I'm, we've got like a ton of great writers over there. I just couldn't say enough good things about them. So thank Yay. you. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you guys for for bringing me on here. This is so much fun. <laughs> Absolutely. You can find me under at Ness Gritton, and you can find the podcast under uh, Kickscream Pod on all forms of social media. And please, uh, when you follow us, let us know if you like the movie, if you want to pick something else. We always want to hear from you. We want to hear your suggestions. Uh, in general, the whole point of this is we just miss hanging out at a diner and talking about movies afterwards. So we would love to engage with that online. Um, also, I have a Discord made for talking about the podcast. If you want to hop in and just talk movies or do watch parties we are always down and elijah where can the people find you uh when they demand more videos of you being punched by action stars uh you can find me on twitter i'm at elijah underscore pizza 
or uh, if you would like to challenge me uh, or hire me to compete in an underground illegal fighting tournament, uh, I'm, I'm always open for that. Especially if you're chosen martial artist Tai Chi. Fantastic. And as always, we highly encourage you to support your local movie theaters by buying merch or gift cards or whatever you can to help local indie theaters survive right now. If there's a drive-in, definitely check that out uh, because if you haven't experienced that yet, it's a great and safe way to uh, watch movies in quarantine. And uh, we love you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.